0: Hi, I'm Pete Seligman, and this is season four of my podcast, The Next Step. This year, we hosted the first ETA forum at Manly Beach in Sydney, Australia. So in this season of the podcast, I'll be sharing with you the audio from each session of the forum. At the beginning of each episode, I'll provide an intro to the speakers. And then at the end, I'll share with you the key messages and insights that I took from each presentation. If you were there on the day, these episodes will provide a good opportunity to reflect on your learning. If you weren't able to join us this time, even though you missed the networking, these episodes are a good summary of the content shared at the event. I hope you enjoy them.
1: A lot of the conversations that we have with the searchers for the first time, they say something along the lines of, I always wanted to be a CEO and then I found out about search and I knew it was for me. And I think that often resonates with us. And then obviously we're looking for someone who's got a reasonable amount of experience in relevant businesses or sectors, often have an MBA or, you know, some higher education. But yeah, that hunger and drive is, is uh, really what we're looking for.
0: So this is the first panel episode of the forum. We had a range of individual presentations and also a few panel presentations as well, where we'd have a moderator and a series of people on a panel who would cover a range of topics. This panel is led by Luke Taylor, who is New Zealand's first searcher, and it's gonna focus in on the role of investors in search, both in the search phase and the operating phase. And sitting on the panel with Luke is Jake Mazie from Dorado Capital, Doug Cook, who's a private search investor and also a searcher in his own right, and Orlando, who's part of Crux Capital, which is a partnered search with Orlando and his partner Chai. So these guys go through a range of things in the discussion and I think it's really interesting to see the perspective from the searchers on the panel and the investors on the panel. And I think that there's something in this for both people coming at it from an investor lens and a searcher lens. So I hope you enjoy it. My name's Luke Taylor, I'm from Akaron Capital, which is New Zealand's first traditional
2: search fund. So we raised our fund at the beginning of 2022 this year and uh, have been searching solo search now for about five months in the New Zealand market. And uh, and I know these guys to my right very well. So uh, joining me on this panel to discuss the role of investors in search and how an investor can shape a searcher's journey uh, is uh, a fellow searcher and, and two investors. So we've got a great uh, perspective of what the journey's like in that investor relationship between searcher and investor from an investor's perspective but also from a searcher's perspective as well. So I'll introduce uh, the panel to you and then uh, we'll rip into it. And we have a bit of time at the end as well to go through any questions uh, as well for you as um, as we get on. So uh, immediately to my right here is Jake Maisie from Dorado Capital. Um, so Jake is, uh, is an investor in, in, in my fund at Akron and, and we've been working together closely now since the beginning of the year. So it's great to have Jake on board. And, and as Tim uh, pointed out earlier on this morning, he really is a an encyclopaedia of knowledge about search in the Australian <laughs> the market like <laughs> so I'll put him on the spot straight away with uh, with that but uh, to, to Jake's right is, is Doug Cook um, who is uh, an investor based here in, uh, in Sydney um, and uh, he has a, a great uh, wealth of experience across both uh, operating within large businesses, uh, within SMEs and investing um, and is uh, both a um, a solo searcher and also a, a search investor as well. So great to have Jake and uh, on the far side we have uh, Orlando and Orlando like myself is a a searcher, a little bit different, whilst he has raised a traditional search fund, Orlando's fund is a a partnered search so he has his partner uh, Chai who you may have met um, uh, with him here today and uh, and he will be able to help us just unpick this topic a little bit from the perspective of a search entrepreneur. So thanks guys for joining us and uh, really uh, a privilege to be with you today so thank you. So I just want to kick us off a little bit with, a, uh, with, with Jake and, and to get some of Jake's experience. So Jake, you've got a, a fund, uh, Dorado uh, manages 10 searches now, I think, across uh, a range of different geographies. Can you just explain for us and give us a little bit of an indication about the, the sort of support that Dorado can provide uh, searches as they start to raise their capital and into the search phase and how you approach that as an investor?
1: Sure, sure. Um, morning, everyone. Can everyone hear me okay? Great to see so many familiar faces um, and to see everyone that we've uh, caught up with on Zoom over so many years and to see the different sizes that they all are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's always been a, a pleasant surprise to kind of uh, put, put someone together um, in, in the flesh. So um, yeah, no, well done to Pete for putting us all together. It's, uh, it's been fun so far. So yeah, so we um, have been investing in Search now for two years. Uh, and over that time we've we've put together um 10 10 search investments um three of them are in the uk uh six in in australia and of course uh the one in new zealand um and so our involvement with those searches is, is quite varied um and one of the, the key determinants of that is, is geography so so the guys that we uh have invested with in the uk uh we, we speak to a little bit less mm. frequently um, just just due to time zone. And also um, they've got some really strong investors on the cap table. So we really rely on those investors. Um, and then th- with the guys in Australia and uh, New Zealand a bit more frequently, we mm. probably have monthly calls with most of them. Um, and then a little bit more often if they're, uh, you know, in the middle of the transaction where we can help out and look at models and that sort of stuff and in terms of our um, search. So we've got eight guys who are searching uh, and two acquisitions.
2: Mm. And can you give us a, just an indication of the the sort of breadth or the depth of the support that you provide, um, you know, at, at a distance into the UK? You said it's slightly yep. less than it is here and uh, regionally in Australia and New Zealand. So can you just uh, give us an indication of what what that actually looks and feels like?
1: So, so, as I said, it's it's probably a monthly call with the searchers and it's you know discussions on what sort of the company they're looking at and what are the, some of the key issues they have. Uh, it's often introductions to people who might be in certain industries where, um, where you know, we have connections that could, could help the searcher and provide some more background. Uh, you're looking at financial models, helping um, going out to companies, and, and um, like we did yesterday with Ryan, and, and actually you know, boots on the ground and actually meeting the, the owners of those companies. Um, so yes, what whatever we can do yeah, and and is, to, is basically, um,
2: yeah. To put that into perspective, Jake was out at a recycling plant, I think it was. We, we were, So yeah. definitely were some dirty boots on That's some dirty it. ground, yeah. I think. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so great to see. And, and, and Doug, um, we've worked quite closely in, in the course of my search so far and I come from an operator, operators' background, general management background, so I uh, didn't come to the table with as, as a you know depth of knowledge in the financial modelling space or in the PE space, and so I really lent into the support that my investors provided um, to sort of iterate myself up to a point where my my own financial modelling was um, was able to sort of cut the mustard. So, what what attracted you to this sort of style of investment? Because you're quite a hands-on investor in your approach, aren't you?
3: Yeah. Look, I guess like most people I suspect um, search even finding it was just a happy accident I was bus- busily investing in public equities and looking for alternative investments stumbled across the model um, by a complete fluke um, back in 2017 and kind of started thinking about it at that time I for myself um, in, in terms of looking at how to relocate I was living in Singapore at the time how, how to relocate back to Australia and um, take a, a different step in my career um, and, and I guess that led me then to i guess understanding the concept and kind of starting to work through um, a search myself i was approached in 2019 via cold call via my mba network um, to invest in a business in singapore and that was my first taste of investing in search Um, that guy scott um, had found a business um, and was looking to raise equity to buy it we spent a few months getting to know each other and um and i guess I found that that back- my my background's operating CFO I've been general manager of a manufacturing and distribution business um but I've also worked in private equity and I've done quite a bit of M&A over the years. And so in talking with Scott there was plenty of value for me to add to him um just from kind of background knowledge things that he didn't know um but there was also a chance for me to get to know and understand the business really well and, and from as an investor that's important to me um, I, I'm not a show me one deck and I'll say yes or no kind of person I I tend to ask a lot of questions as Luca's um, unfortunately discovered <laughs> um, but I, I also like those interactions and I find I learn a lot from the interactions firstly about the searcher and how they think and, and operate um, and where there's everyone's got strengths and weaknesses so where are those and how can I kind of help mm. balance those things out and get out of the way when I don't really need to ask that extra question because they Mm -hmm. know what they're doing or ask the question when they do have a gap in their knowledge and understanding or or just experience more than anything else. Mm. Um, So I think for me, that's been the attraction. I I like that, um, I guess, interaction of providing some experience. But I also find on on the opposite side, I learn a lot from the interactions myself. Um, And as an investor, I guess I'm now invested in three different funds and looking to add more. But it, like each one is different and I get a different flavor out of that. Yeah, great.
2: And we will end it. Great to have you here.
4: Uh, great to have another searcher. Um, Thank you. What's the status of the search with Chai? Where, where are you guys at? Yeah, so um, we're quite unique because we are one of the first traditional searchers. So we've been searching now for about eight months, um, but I have the luxury of actually doing it with a partner. So for me, it's advantageous because I have someone always to bounce an idea off of. Um, that's where we kind of use the investors as well. So they support us completely on just going through a single deal right from the very beginning where we're trying to understand whether this actually is a good deal or maybe even if it's something that we should completely skip. Um, but at the same time, whenever we start digging into you know the details, we know who we can count on whenever we need to look at the, I don't know, the balance sheet in a lot more detail, or whenever there's something very specific about the industry that we don't understand. Hmm. So there's a lot of a lot of you know support that we receive from our investors, and we know yeah. kind of the way that we structured our cap table. We know who we can go to with some particular questions. So they've yeah. been instrumental in our learning so far.
2: Yeah, great, and, and, and I definitely reflect that in my own experience. It's a it's a very almost symbiotic journey. Uh, the relationship mm-hmm. between the searcher and the investors is really critical. Uh, and Orlando just touched on a point there about structuring as cap table. Um, I think most searchers who have raised their funds have gone through some process of looking at the matrix that is their cap table to understand not only where is the capital coming from or where could it come from, um, but what skills are being added to my skill set and how, how can we get a, uh, a one plus one equals three situation from a, a learning journey. Um, and, and I know we've talked about structuring of the, cap, of the cap table and we'll get into that in a, in a little bit, but um, one thing that Jake mentioned earlier was that um, there's the ability for investors to make introductions uh, to, to contacts within their network for searches, and I know that you two have had that conversation. So, it, can you guys just explain to me what what that was? We'll explain to the, to, to the crowd here what, what happened in that sort of introduction and why you did it and, and what the outcome
1: was. Yeah, yeah, happy to start, and you can you can finish, Orlando. Sure. Um, so, uh, one one of our investment partners, um, Jad Rubin, uh, and I were on a call with Orlando and Chai, and they were they were talking about a target that they were they were looking at actually, based in Western Australia and um one of one of the things that this company did was uh, fabricate steel enclosures for switchboards and uh jad came out with one of his favorite sayings saying i know a guy um <laughs> which he loves to say but he did actually know someone who had owned a, a very similar business so we connected um, china lando um, to, to this fellow tree and um, I think the deal probably didn't last much longer after that conversation. So Orlando can talk about, you know, Tree got into the model with these guys and pointed out some of the issues with the working capital and and um, and uh, so yeah, I think that was
4: quite useful. Well, one of the things that I learned really quickly is that there's a lot that I don't know, <laughs> and so a lot of industries that we were looking at for us was the very first time. So we felt like we just got pushed into the deep end, and now, all right, now what do we do? So. Uh, We rely a lot on our investors to, you know, sometimes give us their background, their experience. Sometimes they've looked at an industry or even a company that we've already looked at. Um, In this particular case, he already knew someone who worked in that same industry with the same exact problems that we would potentially face. In the end, I think that we would have gotten to the same conclusion, but they've really helped us accelerate that. Mm. So that was super important. Um, The particular, I guess, issue in that case, was that in the growth projections that we had, the more that we were growing, the more we were actually killing the company. So it's all around cash, is worth. It's all about cash. So the working capital requirements in that business were so high that the more that we would end up growing the business, the more that we would actually kill the business. So it was super important um, to hear someone who actually lived through that firsthand to understand what that actually meant.
2: Mm. So... Yeah, and, it's, and, and we, we get through our work as searchers, so we're evaluating a, a lot of businesses. I think I'm uh, five months in and I'm over 500 uh, companies now that have been put through some sort of screening process and at least half of those have been reached out to through our proprietary process. So there is a, a really high rate. So sometimes that conversation might just be a text message or a WhatsApp message saying, what do you think about, you know, Shipping container businesses is one that Doug and I (laughs) talked about, Uh, and and then that can lead to a a broader conversation or not. So um, I I can't stress enough from the perspective of a searcher uh, how valuable that connection with your your investors is. Um, But not all investors on my cap table, and and I think it's the same for you, um, Orlando as well, are active in that process because it becomes almost impossible for a searcher to manage 10 or 15 conversations with investors about every the minutiae of every deal. So we do put a bit of effort into structuring our cap tables. So Orlando, can you talk us through how you structured yours and what, I guess, what that matrix looks
4: like, the matrix of skills? Because you had quite a analytical approach to it. Yeah, we built an Excel table for like we do for everything. So, um, no, we kind of had check marks in every conversation that we had. So who was active or who was passive? who was going to provide a little bit more of that MA background or that private equity background versus those who had more operational backgrounds who've actually all in sold companies before. Um, you know, we knew our weaknesses and we wanted to at least have that cap table who could complement a lot of that. So um, we also kind of put a tick mark versus those who could be a bit more approachable. So all investors are approachable, but there are some in particular who actually want to receive texts something very informal have you know hey how's it going um that kind of conversation so we um we built a team you know really because it's much more than capital that you're raising so for those potential uh searchers in the room hopefully there are a bunch of them in here but um it's much more than money that you're receiving from investors it's really the know-how and the things that you don't know that's what you're leaning on them for so for us it's super important to build that big team that can cover a lot of different things at once. Sorry, sorry, Luke. Yeah, sorry, just, way, yeah.
2: if we, we can just speak up a little bit, I think it's a bit quiet down, down the back, but um, yeah, it is um, it is interesting, that sort of matrix approach, and, and I uh, definitely, you, you learnt the, the value of that from the searches that had come before yep. me, so that was passed down to really put effort and thought into how that cap table was structured. Um, and so if you are a prospective searcher in the room and you want to talk about that, uh, uh, any of the searches that are here will be able to, to discuss that. For, for me, there was a geographical um, equation to the matrix. I'm in New Zealand, it's not a friendly time zone, i uh, have got investors mm-hmm. in Perth. South America, Europe, um, the mainland US, and and in Australia and New Zealand, obviously as well. So managing that can be quite difficult. And Jake, you've got um, searches all across, so there's a geographical issue uh, as well. But we're not just talking about the search uh, for for the investment journey. The search is actually quite a small part of the journey. The operating of the business is the predominant part of of that. And so you've got searches that are operating. Yep. Um, What's how does that support transition out of Searching, which is where we're living, into operating, and what does it look yeah. like?
1: I'll, I'll get to that um, question in just a second, but I just wanted to add to that previous um, point on the cap table that it's it's super important for investors as well to to look at the cap table and see that the searches actually have the people around them that can support them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, so investors are, are pretty clued into to looking at those cap tables as well, and that's that's one of the great things about search is we're all kind of in it together. So, um, yeah. Uh, so that's that point. Uh, and in terms of operating businesses, yeah. So we've got two um, uh, search acquisitions now. Uh, ones, ones in the UK, and then one in Australia. Uh, and in terms of the support we we provide, um, so I think one of the key things with the operating businesses is, is to appoint um, board directors, uh, investor directors to the board that can really um, help with the business. So the guys in the UK appointed to, you know, Stella investor directors um, and so we we really lean on those guys and we have conversations with those investor directors who really curate the information for the investors um, and then in australia um, a little bit more more hands-on because again because of the geography mm-hmm. um, but in a more operational sense than a than an m a M&A sense although more M&A potentially coming up in that business. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, and Doug, what's your
2: expectation of how your role as an investor will transition into the operating phase?
3: Yeah, I guess I'm invested in one business now for three years. And, and so during the initial phase, I was very hands on um, in that he didn't have any M&A experience and I'd been through a lot of them. So I could sit there and help him manage the lawyers, help him manage his other investor base um, and just provide perspective and, and frankly, ask a lot of questions to get him to think about issues that he just had never thought of before. Um, Once he's been in the business, um, Scott's done a pretty amazing job of actually running it himself. And so I've taken probably a bit of a different approach to how Jake does it. Um, I get the updates from the business and we'll talk semi-regularly, but I also, it's basically Scott can pick up the phone and call me whenever he wants to. Um, But that has changed at various times over the last three years. There's been times when we talked every month and then there was times when we didn't talk for I don't know, eight, nine months at a time because he didn't have a need for my skill set. Um, so I, I'm very much a um, I'm very happy to be involved and I like to have good visibility of what's going on um, when I've got something I want to say, I'm not sure I to say it, um, but I'm also very clear on Scott's the one who's actually in the business and running it. He knows the detail of the day to day better than I do. Um, and so my role kind of has changed into being a bit of a sounding board and actually dragging him out of the day to day um, and getting him to sit back and say, where are we up to in the journey we kind of planned from a strategic point of view um, or from a business development point of view in terms of how is the organisation development happening? um, How are the people inside it developing? That's been actually a big and I think important part of the set of conversations that have worked really well with Scott. Um, And actually the second part is actually just been talking with him about how he's going. Um, it's tough as the CEO. <laughs> um, everything um, like his business has got about a hundred people, um, but the management team itself is actually very shallow. So he is the business to a great degree, um, and that is wearing for him. And he just needs someone to talk about yeah, stuff. Yeah,
2: occasionally. I'd definitely reflect that. I think you yeah. know, maybe a little bit different from the partnered uh, search, as the solo search can be um, effectively quite lonely. Uh, especially over the last six months, we've, we've been doing everything. Uh, by video call, we've only just got back into flying around and meeting owners, um, and so having having people that are at the end of a text message, you know, group chat, whatever it is, and, and we, when we catch up as searchers monthly, uh, big video call, um, and and with our investors quite regularly, uh, just having that. Um, shoulder to cry on, I think, through the (laughs) process, is actually hugely beneficial, so I I don't underestimate that at all. Um,
3: No, and it's very easy as a searcher and as an operating CEO to kind of get so into the detail that it's hard Mm -hmm. to step back and take care of yourself occasionally, and sometimes you need someone to tell you to. Yeah, and and you do
2: run the risk, I think, of it being a bit of an echo chamber, um, and and you you can get deal fever for sure, and uh, so having that sober second look at, at what you're looking at is is really critical, um, and, and and steering the the, the searcher in, in a direction is, is super helpful. Um, look, we're almost at the end of our 30-minute slot, would you believe it or not, but um, I would really like to open that up to the floor for questions, um, a couple of searchers and a couple of investors here, so just let us know if you want to um, to target somebody, um, otherwise we'll, we'll give it a crack. Derek. Hi, uh, sorry. Yeah. So,
3: um <laughs> Going to Orlando's point about perhaps having a spreadsheet of the sort of uh, opportunities that they're looking at, do investors have a sort of um, ideal founder that they're looking to invest in? Uh, ideal searcher, sorry, that they're looking to invest in? I mean, you're not just spraying cash everywhere, you actually have to be quite curious about who, you, who you're backing. So yeah. how do you-
1: uh, Absolutely. Um, I think, you know, the, the first, first one is hunger. Yeah. And um, a lot of the conversations that we have with the, with the searchers for the first time, they say something along the lines of, I always wanted to be a CEO. And then I found out about Search and I knew it was for me. And I think that often resonates with us. And then obviously we're looking for someone who's got a reasonable amount of experience in relevant businesses or sectors, often have an MBA or you know, some higher education. But yeah, that hunger and drive is, is uh, really what we're looking for. Are
3: you
1: only investing in traditional searches? Uh, no, so one of our investments uh, in the UK was uh, self-funded searches. Um, our, our preference is probably traditional um, investments, uh, but we we, uh, we do look at self-funded deals.
3: In my case, I'm pretty agnostic on whether it's a traditional fund or a self-funded searcher. Probably more important is a fair degree of engagement with the searcher to get to know them. Um, in advance of in, any investment happening, and then on an ongoing basis. I don't know who the question is for, um, but it sounds like in the search process you are churning through a ton of potential
1: opportunities, and and only choose one at the end. But what what percentage of those things that you churn through could have been a right business if you were the right person for, for some of that, and and as searches
3: and and funders do you keep
2: some sort of tabs on that so that the
3: next searcher that comes around can sort of almost pick up yes a, David, let
2: me yes. take some notes yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's a re- really interesting question I'll, I'll start and then i'll hand over to, to orlando um I, I use a crm system so every every contact is tracked is not a single lost opportunity or lost piece of data because that is valuable to someone at some point point. Um, and i've inherited the bones of that system from um, Paige actually, who's he, who's here and, and she built hers off someone else. So we've we've all kind of got a, got together amongst each other and worked out optimum processes, which is great. Um I think beauty's in the eye of the beholder. Um I, I know uh and and I'm I'm fortunate to be encouraged by some of my investors in particular who've always said uh that they want to make sure that a, the business that, that I acquire is something that I can see myself still being with in seven or ten years' time and, and if you fall out of love with it, I think that's going to have a huge effect on, on the investment as a whole. So it's in the investor's best interest to make sure the searchers want to do it. Um, so there is a subjective criteria in there uh, but I have no doubt that in my list there's probably some, some really great businesses and I think there's a couple that would be great
4: targets in a couple of years' time or some other factor.
2: Um, Orlando, I'm not sure how your experience
4: went. Yeah, it's actually really interesting because we see a lot of businesses that are really good businesses, but are just not good for us. So we actually pass that on to other searchers. You know, we have a very collaborative ecosystem here. So there are other deals that we just say, oh, you know, oh, this is a software company that has this, this and this that, frankly, I don't understand or don't want to get into. But I know there's a searcher who loves that type of business Mm -hmm. because that's his background. So we kind of pass those deals back and forth. Mm. So,
2: yeah. Yeah, you kind of got to see yourself getting up. To go to work. I looked at forensic crime scene cleaning companies for a very short period of time until I figured out I, I, I did not know if I had the stomach for it. So <laughs> but they're great companies. And can, can
3: you give you investors'
1: perspective. Like you, you see probably wider than what any single search has seen. Yeah. Oh, I mean I think that's one exciting part about, you know, the search ecosystem in Australia. I mean we just see so many great family run small businesses. There's there's so many opportunities and yeah it's about finding that right one for the searcher. But absolutely, I think they'll pass on. As I said, many, many great businesses that are just not quite right for them, so. Mm.
3: Yeah, yeah, I mean, I know Luke's seen some stuff where he was about to pass, and I've said, no, take a second look. That's, yeah. that's, I think, a very interesting business. Um, but it does come back to, is it one for him? Mm. Um, mm. And I think, end of the day, like my success is gonna be his success. Or more than one, his success is mine. Mm. Is probably the most <laughs> important part, Like nothing happens without the surgery kind of being in it for the long haul and being happy yeah. ultimately
2: yeah so great great question any more from down the back pretty quiet down there i all the aussie leaders like Hutt fans you would
1: get in there somewhere yeah <laughs> <laughs> hey
2: really great to have everyone along today we're obviously um here for, for any questions uh, throughout the day, so we'd love to chat and, and to meet, and uh, and I really appreciate you, uh, welcome, welcome me as an honorary Australian. Um, pretty pretty grim over that side of the ditch with no other searches, so um, <laughs> really really um, great to be here, and uh, and awesome to have uh, Jake Duggan and Orlando uh, with me as well. So yeah, cheers, guys, and uh, yeah, catch up with you throughout the day. So, yeah.
0: That was a great conversation all four of those guys have such an interesting perspective on the topic and i really enjoy listening to it frankly they're all super experienced in going through each phase of this process and also bring a unique lens both through their own personality but also their own kind of appetite for different parts of that process for me there were three things that came out most importantly one was what is it about search that makes it interesting for investors And, you know, we heard a bit about that from each of the panelists, but in particular, Doug gave a good summary of that in relation to the fact that it's an opportunity for him to really understand the underlying business, which is quite unique for a private investment. You can actually get quite close. As an investor, you can also learn through the process and there's an opportunity for you to get in and actually help. So it's just that little bit more hands on than your normal private equity or or private investment where you're a minority investor. And I think that that's one of those things that kind of ends up with a self-selection where investors that end up in search are also those that are going to be most useful to the searcher because the investor themselves has an appetite to engage. So I think that's really interesting. In terms of the assistance that the investors might provide, you know, Jake summarized some of that at the beginning of the conversation, you know, the monthly calls, the introductions, the networking, some support in some of those areas that the searcher may not have capability in, and also providing, I think an important one is that vendor engagement. So when the searcher is getting close to a deal, inviting those investors into those conversations provides a bit more depth to the relationship with the vendor, because it shows the vendor that it's not just the searcher by themselves, they're actually backed by a decent group of of capital, but also capability and experience. And then the third thing Really, I think to the point of that assistance that the investors can provide, it's important that the searchers actually curate or structure their cap table. If they're going to use their investor group, not only just for the money that they provide, but also to augment the skills and experience that the searcher has and the gaps that they have in that skill and experience set, it's important that the searcher, fills those gaps appropriately targets those investors with a range of different experiences and skills and as Jake mentioned it's also important for the investors to see that the cap table has that breadth and depth as well so anyway I think it was a great conversation all four guys have a huge amount of experience and you know as I said at the forum on the day if there are any further or follow-up questions I'm sure that any one of these guys would be more than happy to have a chat.